0: What is going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Pure Evil MMA. I have another very special guest. And when I say special, oh, I mean the champ. The champ is joining us. We got Jay Perrin on the line right now joining us for the first time on Pure Evil MMA. What's going on, Jay? How are you doing? I'm doing good, man. How are you doing? Thanks for having me on. Oh, man. I'm doing good. And let me just catch everybody up really quick on the first time that I ever saw you. Obviously... I've been following Cage Titans for a while, and the one thing I really enjoy about that promotion is they have so many characters uh, within the organization, up-and-coming names. You see some of them coming to the UFC, and I think this year is most likely your year. But before we jump into that, the thing that really caught my eye with you was everyone that tunes into Pure Evil, and they, they follow along with the vlogs that I do. I usually go to a promotion, and I record what it's like to be a media member. And I'll never forget this moment with you. This is what really stood out and what made me really feel like you were something special. And that's something that's really going to bloom inside the professional mixed martial arts scene. And it's that when your two number one opponents were going up, I think it was Johnny Cupcake versus Dan Dubuque. And it was Dan Dubuque's first time at that weight class. uh, At least I I think so. And there you were, bro. Right there, cage side. And you were talking shit to them on on the side of the cage. Now, while I'm telling this story, tell us why you were talking shit. They were talking shit to you originally, correct? What 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 went on yeah. there? Catch me up there. So
1: that, that whole situation was, um, so I, I fought, obviously fought Johnny in August. And um, a lot of people had a, a lot of criticism for the game plan that I decided to take and that my uh, physical strength inside the Muay Thai clinch and a lot of clinch work as far as um, like the tie plum and stuff like that was to capitalize on, you know, shutting down Johnny's uh, grappling and overall pretty much his entire game plan. So a lot of people of them I saw called me a boring fighter after that fight, and uh, which is just not true. And I took offense to that, especially with those two opponents in particular, because one of them was the guy who lost to me, and then the other one was the guy who um, not only did he criticize me for that, but then in the next fight with the very same guy that I had just fought with that strategy, tried to do the same thing and failed. So I was talking shit to them because for all the the stuff that they said about me, they tried to do the same exact thing and failed at it and then ended up get, being gifted a decision that they weren't even, or they, sh- they rightfully shouldn't have earned. So, um, you know, there was just a lot of stuff about me being a boring fighter, even though I have eight wins and five finishes and, you know, things like that. That I was just like, oh, that's really funny that you guys called me uh, when you guys are trying to do the same fucking shit as I'm doing and and suck at it. So I, I just thought it was funny. That that and I, I can't help myself
0: sometimes, I guess. Now, to bring everybody uh, uh, up to par with what we're talking about, after that fight, it went to a decision. You guys can actually go back and watch it on Pure Evil MMA on YouTube, Pure Evil MA, and uh, check that vlog out. So, you went inside the cage that night, and you seemed a little confused. You were like, Do I really want to fight one of these guys? Like, they and I, I love cupcakes, I, I I, really think Dan Dubuque, you know, he, he's a great guy, but it just seemed like for you. It didn't seem like it was matching up for you. And then they mentioned Ken Moy. So what yeah. was going through your mind in that moment? You really didn't want to fight Cupcake or Dan in that moment, right? I, oh, not really. I mean, like, I already fought Cupcakes. You know what I mean? There's, you know, there's like, and that sounds like I'm trying to duck people, and I'm not. It's just, you know,
1: at a certain point in your career, you know, a matchup has to be made that's going to be beneficial to you. And I just don't see, you know, everybody's trying to get to the show. And as far as matchup wise, I knew that Kin of the three candidates that were elected to me was either Dan, Johnny, or Kin. And Kin had the highest profile fights, had the biggest opponents. The you know he was the toughest guy, best record. You know what I mean? Uh, it, it just seemed I wanted that challenge. I wanted that, not you know some guy who you know whose claim to fame is beating a forty year old, and then you know a, a, another guy who's been around, who's basically a gatekeeper for the sport of, you know, New England MMA. So, you know what I mean? I wanted a guy who's next level. I saw the opportunity to fight a tougher guy than both of those guys, and I did it. So, um, I went into the cage thinking I was going to get the matchup with either of those two guys, and then they decided in the cage they were going to go for a rematch, and then like two days later changed their mind. And, uh, you know, it's just a big, confusing process that was just, you know, it's beyond my realm of patience. So I was like, you know what, while you guys are making up your mind playing patty cake, I'm going to fight a guy in tin who's now a real fighter and is going to show up. So that's how that ended up playing out.
0: So you actually just fought this past weekend for Cage Titans, and another big name on that card that people might recognize is Joe Giannetti, and we'll get into that in just a minute here. But I think one thing that really popped about you, you obviously went in this fight, you won it. Bring us through that fight before uh, you know, I, I go any further. How'd this fight go? Did uh, Kin surprise you with anything, or was it exactly what you expected from him? Um,
1: Ken was stronger than I had anticipated, but at the same time, I knew that he was going to try and bulk up to match my uh, my size in the cage. As far as 35ers go, I'm probably one of the bigger ones, or on, on the on the bigger side of that spectrum. So um, I know that he was trying to bulk up to match my strength. Um, he was very strong. I was um, a, a little bit. I was surprised by the fact that I could nullify his the volume of strikes that he's usually used to throwing um, just by going high and low and picking my shots. Um, I think I landed 13 takedowns in that fight, which had a lot to do with my success in my striking. So um, I think I just mixed it up really well. I confused and, and disrupted Ken's timing, switching my stances for my striking and, and going for takedowns high and low. I think that there was a lot of things that I disrupted that was very um, unusual for Ken to deal with. Um, that was my big success in that, in
0: that fight. So moving forward, like I was mentioning before, when Cupcake was fighting and Dan was fighting, you were right there, you were in the action. I was able to catch it on the vlog. And then you just had this fight this past weekend. And so I knew that Cage Titans brought in was the post-fight press conference. And I think that's a huge thing yep. for them to really get more exposure. I, I always like hearing what fighters have to say after the fight. And man, you really shined in that moment. And And a lot of people will, you know when they sit there and they watch that, or they see a clip on Brian Gerson's channel, it's going to stick with them when they see your what you had to say. Uh, what exactly did you have to say for people that are tuning in this podcast was was basically, you know, anyone who wants it can come get it. I'm about to go to the UFC. So where are you right now mentally with understanding the entertainment aspect? Is this something that you've known for a long time? Like, who, who did you idolize growing up? Who, who are some of your favorite... Uh, fighters or entertainers that you really pick this up from, because obviously it, um, it's, it's your personality. But man, you understand how this game works, and it shined the other yep. night. Um,
1: I think honestly, it's just—it's not really like a game for me. You know, I—I I, uh, I come from where I come from, where you know you got you a lot of brash. Uh, people we're, were used to getting in fist fights and talking a ton of shit to each other. So I think that just comes naturally for me. The game is entertainment as much as it is a sport, and you need to be, keep people involved. And, you know, whether people like you or they don't, it doesn't matter. You just need them to watch or be interested in your fights. So, I mean, if me talking shit stirs the pot a little bit, I think that me talking shit for the last year has, has really opened up eyes towards my division a lot more. And I'm not saying that it's my soul, you know, like I'm not taking credit for that entirely, but I've definitely stirred the pot quite a bit. And, and made um, the local MMA scenes, at least for 135ers, uh, uh, bigger. You know, um, so everything I say, I mean. I'm not. I'm not. It's not an act. It's not a front. It's. I mean all of those things. Um, I, I rewatched the fight interview, and I was clearly pretty hype after. Um, I just had a lot to say. I didn't like the criticisms of my of my overall fight performances before. I didn't. I didn't appreciate it. I didn't like the fact that I was the, the champ and still considered an undergo- mm. underdog for that. Um, so I had a lot to prove going into that fight that, uh, I had to fight for. So, you know, afterwards I had a lot to say and, and I'll be damned if I'm not going to
0: say it, you know? See, here's the thing. It's not like you're bullying anybody. It's not like you're really harassing anybody. It's like you, you hear what other people have to say about you behind your back and it catches up with you and you, you get pissed about it. And it's not like you're a bad guy. It's like, you know, what the hell? Like, I, I'm, I'm going in there every day just like you guys are, and I'm putting in work, and I'm winning fights. Like, why is everybody doubting me? Why am I the underdog? So when you got this win, what was the feeling like? Did you, did you feel like you did enough to get noticed? And, uh, you know, do you think you'll, you'll make it to a big promotion this year?
1: I'm hoping to by the end of the year, you know what I mean? I've already fought once. You know, I fought five times in the last year and a half, um, even less time than that. I'm going to try and get another two or three in this year if if possible. By the end of the year, if I'm, you know, 12 and three and not in the UFC, then, you know, we keep it rolling, you know what I mean? Uh, I'm going to wait for the call and see what's what's going on in the next couple of weeks and see where we're at. But hopefully by the end of the year, you'll get the big call.
0: So you're in a five-fight win streak, man. Do you feel the pressure there? Like, to hold it up, like, who do you have your eyes on? Inside cage tight ends, who, who do you think you'll be fighting next?
1: Um, I really, honestly, to be completely honest, usually I have a plan going forward for my careers, but, um, you know, I usually have a fight next um, lined up, but I really don't know who's in contention for me, really, who's really going to, like, push me to that next level, a, a guy that's going to be, a guy that pushes me um, to, to, to that Kinmoy level of performance, so uh, we'll see. Uh, who it is. You know, uh, the promoter's going to gonna get back to me um, and see what um, and see what we're going through. You know, I know my head coach is meeting with uh, the promoter at Cage Titans. We're going to see if we can track down Sean Shelby, see if there's any Boston shows or anything coming up. But if not, we'll see who, you know, if there's a contender that emerges themselves uh, to be worthy of fighting me, then I'll go after them. Like I said, dude, any, any place, any time, You know what I mean? I don't really care. I know that I am the best. I don't care what style you bring, what your record is. I'm the best in this five-state area, so that's just about it. I don't really care who they put in front of me. I'm just going to roll through.
0: So now that we got that out of the way, now that everybody's caught up, let's get to know you a little bit better. You got a couple of tattoos that really caught my eye that I can relate to. You got the Wu-Tang. You got the the Joker. Let's start with the Joker tattoo, man. What's up with that? What was your inspiration with with, uh, getting that?
1: Uh, the, the Wu-Tang tattoo is actually um, about my my uh, close friend. He was like a little brother to me. We uh, all called each other Wu-Tang when we grew up, um, and he had passed away a couple couple years ago, so that's kind of an uh, homage to him um, on my chest. I still I can carry him around everywhere that I go. Um, the, the Joker thing is kind of a, a lifelong... Um, thank you very much. Uh, kind of a lifelong... Nickname that I've had uh, everybody says that I'm a little bit more crazy than the average bear as they say so I uh, I Have a, a, another side to me if you look at me at uh, any kind of weigh-in I actually kind of look like the Joker and resemble them um, So it's kind of like I, I got a, a crazy side that people Underestimate and, and don't quite see coming until it hits them in the face. So the Joker is almost a uh, 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 an alter ego of mine. If everybody has an alter ego for a superhero, I would say I'm not a superhero. I'm a supervillain deep down. Um, and so, you know, what better way to, to to be a villain than to be the ultimate one, which is the Joker, in my opinion. So
0: so uh, that's
1: that's where it comes from. He's kind of my alter ego.
0: So I, I know this might be a sensitive question, but I have to ask as a journalist, and I, as a journalist that also thinks you, you explaining this a little bit more will help people kind of connect with you a, a bit and, and, and feel like, you know, you're human, and you're going through things. They can look up to you. Uh, your friend that passed away, what's the story with that?
1: Oh, my Lord. So, uh, you know, he ended up taking his own life. Um, I, I'll, uh, I won't admit his name, but he was—he uh, uh, ended up taking his own life in a, in a night where... He made a bad decision, um, and he ended up paying the ultimate price for it. There's a lot going on there, but uh, I've known him since he was 10 years old. You know, he, you know, I was like the only big brother he had ever had. Um, so when he had it passed on, it's you know, every, before every fight, I go to his grave and have some coffee, or you know, every Christmas, I I uh, shovel a path to his grave so that his loved ones can can go see him and and things like that. So he was just a really important kid in my life who had a really bright future. And uh, I miss him every every day. He's, uh, you know, my little brother in the grave. It's, it's hard to bury your, your little brother. Mm. Um, but I, I put the tattoo on my chest so that I could carry him everywhere that I go and, and everywhere, you know, no matter how high, high I climb, he can be there with me. I, I have a little reminder that um, I have him in my heart and uh, his hand on my shoulder at all times. So that's what, you know, that's what that means to me. You know, uh, suicide's a big thing in my life. I've had a few people uh, very close to me including that, uh, including him, to take their own lives. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a hard subject, but um, something that needs to be talked about a little bit more. So asking me the question isn't, isn't hard. It's just kind of remembering who they were, and uh, it's such a shame that they're gone type
0: thing. And it's a real thing that happens way too often. Right now, my mom, her, her best friend, just committed suicide two weeks ago, and, and we're actually caring for her dog right now. It, it does happen way too often, but the one thing yep. that you can take out of it is, you know, taking something from that person and bringing it out through yourself. Whether it's inspiration or even just waking up excited about living that day, what did it change for you? Are, are, you, are you more appreciated with, you know, counting your blessings? Like even right now, like look where you are right now, man. You're you're a champion. Yep. People are talking about you, yep. asking you to come on the show. The UFC is most likely looking at you. I mean, you know, how did it change for for the, for the better with you, with with the way that you think?
1: Oh, that's that's an interesting question, man. I really know. I, I, I don't think any differently than I usually do, man. Like, I don't – like, it's really cool what's going on with all the media exposure and, you know, all the people and, you know, realizing that maybe, yeah, the, the UFC is calling for my name. But, I, you know, the success has really not gotten to me quite yet, I don't say. I, I say yet. I leave room for the unknown. I, I'm not sure. But, you know, I, I just feel like a regular guy from, like, an inner city that um, – You know, a lot of people look up to me, man. I know that. And uh, I know that, you know, a lot of us around here are really poor, don't have a lot to look forward to or, or, you know, in our lives, you know, we're going to be in the same space. So I think that for me, Looking forward, I, I fight for more reasons than myself, so I, I I fight for the city that I grew up in and, and the people that, you know, probably won't make it out that, you know, to me for a little bit of hope, because if I can do it, they can do it type thing, you know, like, we all come from the same place where we all grew up poor, we all grew up, you know, not with a silver spoon in our mouths, and if I can do it, why can't you, so that's kind of my, my alma mater is just show everybody where I'm from that, you know, you don't need to be some super gifted athlete, you don't need to be, you know what I mean, brought up in the best home or anything to make something of yourself, you know, as long as you believe in yourself and you and you grind hard and you keep working, no matter what knocks you down, keep going, if, if we're all from the same place, we can all do the same
0: thing, so that's
1: kind of how I, I see it and how, what drives me forward is proving to everybody that thinks that they're down and out that they're not, and uh, if
0: I can do it, you can. And you should be proud of yourself, man. I mean, we're at the age where you you see your friends that you went to school with making poor decisions or or not living up to their potential. And then you see fighters like yourself that, you know, wake up every day grinding, aiming for something that are goal oriented. So my next question to you, man, is is when do you really think that you're going to get back in that cage next?
1: get there as soon as possible, man. Active fighters are, are, you know, busy fighters are the best fighters, you know what I mean? If I could fight five times a year and my body would allow me to do it, I, I can. At this point, because I, I already fought in January, I fought last week, you know what I mean? I could still fight two or three more times. I could even take three months off and still fight two or two or three more times by the end to the year's end. So, um, like, like I said, my coaches are going to meet up with, you know, in Phoenix in a couple of weeks um, and, you know, figure out what's the best office for me uh, going forward. And from there, you know, everybody be the best to know as soon as I got another fight lined up, should the call, you know, come in, then great. I'll let everybody know. But if not, then, you know, we're just going to keep the train rolling, baby. I'm not going to sit around and wait. I'm going uh, to start, you know, stacking up some more bodies and, and make my case even clearer.
0: Before we- you go a big conversation about this recent event was joe janetti who everyone might notice from that season ultimate fighter what did you think about that fight did you see that fight and if not what did you hear about it and what are your thoughts on it
1: another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSC. I mean, I watched it a little bit. Um, I thought it was a good back and forth. I had Connor Barry going into the third round, 2-0. Uh, real close, real close. A lot of clinching, a lot of good jujitsu game. As far as the stoppage goes, I really... Uh, I don't know. I, I I don't know if I agree with the with the stoppage in and of itself, just because of you know, like he was in danger. Connor was doing a was doing great work, um, you know, defending the the triangles and the submission attempts of, of JoJo. Um, I just don't know if flame bomb goes on the top of somebody's head can be considered, you know what I mean, effective strikes. You know what I mean. I I just don't think that that's you know enough to stop the fight. Um, uh, as far as it goes, I, I, you know that's that's I that kind of sucks because going into a decision, you don't really know who's going to win that fight. of Connor's up two zero and he defends up until the bell, then you know we got a whole different fight possibly. But um, I thought that fight was was about what it was expected to be. I didn't expect it to be like a banger or anything like that. I thought it was going to be a real high high level jits match, really. So uh, it went about the way that I thought it did. I didn't think the, I didn't agree with the the type of finish, but what are you going to
0: do? So, before we end this interview, I got one more really important question for you. Uh, yes, sir. With people like that, have the record that you have, there's been a huge opportunity that's recently opened up. Obviously, when we were growing up, it was the ultimate fighter that was, you know, the, the doors opening. We see, you know, Joe Lozon, who, who, you, who you definitely know. He had his big shot on there, but now they have Dana White's Tuesday Night Contender Series. Do you think you can get a shot on getting on there within the next year and a half? Is that what your goal is, or what is your actual goal by the end of this year?
1: Um, you know, the the Contender Series is a thing that I'm not going to knock anybody that does it. I think it's a great thing. The only problem is, is that you can win on the Contender Series and still not make a contract. Mm. You know what I mean? That's the part of that 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 I don't like. If you think about um, another New England fighter who should be very well be in the in the UFC, his name is Christopher Curtis. He should be in the Did a fight on eight days' notice recently and swamped some guy outside of his own weight class, Um, and he was on the contender series. Ended up uh, beating my teammate Sean Lally with like a spinning wheel kick in of some kind of ridiculous fashion. Ended up winning that fight and still didn't get picked. You know, so the contender series is a is a tricky game, man. Um, If anything, you know, if they ask for like a late notice fight or maybe the Ultimate Fighter, I know it's not as got as uh, big exposure. Um, as it used to, but I would rather take those contracts than, the, than the, take the risk of the contender series taking a loss or even winning and still not getting where I need to be. So we'll we'll figure it out from where, whatever they offer me, we're gonna take it into deep
0: consideration. So last but not least, one thing I need to ask before we let you go is who are you training alongside? Yeah. Uh, and, and who should we keep your eye on that you train with? Oh, uh, that I train with? Yeah, who, oh, who should we look out one. for? Uh,
1: from Pofu, he's, he's, uh, he's uh, the bantamweight champion for the as an amateur for the uh, for Cage Titans. He's super smooth. way for him to hit the pros. He's going to be something special. Um, Jeff Perez, obviously, he just came off of a loss, but the guy's a, uh, an animal as far as grappling and just total pressure. Um, everybody, man, this, you know Chip Pollard. We. we if you don't know about Chip Pollard in the striking world, then uh, you're sleeping under a rock. you know. So I train with a lot of high-class guys you might not think of, but uh, just look up the entire Tong Boston roster, man. We're, we're coming for it hard and heavy. So the next year is going to be us all year, and uh, hopefully I get to the UFC under that
0: banner. And this is literally my last question to you. Obviously, you're uh, 135 <laughs> pounds. TJ Dillashaw versus Henry Cejudo, what were your thoughts on that? Did you catch that? I did. Ah oh,
1: God, I'm a TJ fan, and that was so hard to watch. But um, I can understand the arguments for both. Um, if I don't, I disagree the timing of the stoppage. You know, TJ did get knocked down like two or three times, and that was a big argument for that. He got, and in the replay, you can see his eyes roll back. But when they did stop the fight, he was in on a single. So it's like, had he gotten flash KO'd and dropped, and they stepped in between, I'd been like, all right, that's one thing. But he was scrambling, so it's like. You know, would he have gotten up and gotten croaked again? We really don't know. But if, you know, if he did not he recovered and he took Cejudo down, now we got a different fight. You know, because he, he got clipped in the Cody fight real good and bounce back into the recovering really well so um, uh, I, you know it was a good stoppage but bad timing on it I think so, I, you know hopefully TJ can come back and not go to 25 because that's just atrocious and uh, continue to be dominant at 135
0: man could you even imagine cutting to 120? I, I know that you're still your body's still growing but 125 oh, no. pound man that's, oh hell wow. no I mean oh hell no Jesus well, no way Jay I want to thank you so much for finally joining us here on Pure Evil on Make guys Go check out the vlog. You can see Jay walking around the cage, you know, yelling at Cupcake and Dan Dubuque. I I absolutely love that. Go check it out on Brian Gerson's page as well with the post-fight press conference that recently went down this weekend. Jay, this is what I like to do at this point in the interview. If you have any shout-outs, sponsors, anything at all, the floor is now all yours. Uh,
1: you know, just everybody at Team C-U-Tong Boston Title Box in Nashua where I am uh, the head coach and or the head trainer and the AGM. If you want to come get some private mess, uh, lessons with me, come on up to Nashua and see me. Sponsors, I don't have a ton. So if you'd like to sponsor a uh, future UFC fighter, hit me up in my inboxes or anything like that. Other than that, just uh, we're going to keep the train rolling. baby. if you want some entertainment, come watch me beat some people up for
0: the rest of 2019. Jay, thank you so much. Have a great day and congratulations on your win and your future career. We'll catch up with with you soon sooner than later absolutely my man thank you for having me on guys god bless there you guys go jay parent man this guy caught my eye go check out cage titans guys i believe they are on flow combat i have to double check that uh i don't know if they changed it or what's going on there but one of my absolute my absolute number one pick for 2018's top promotion of the year and I I go to a lot of different promotions, a lot of underground, even Bellator, man, and I think they have so many big names that people don't know about that are such characters and I think that's what makes uh, a good promotion is having characters, having stories, having something that drives the fighters, Uh, the fighters intersecting stories and calling one another out and just the personality of Jay Perrin. Is what I noticed the most. And it really stood out when I went to go. He wasn't even fighting that night. He was walking around with his belt on his shoulder. It was was something else, man. And I'm looking forward. And that's one of my favorite things to do as a broadcaster and as a journalist. I went to broadcasting school. Uh, I've been doing this for about five years now. And my favorite thing about it is seeing these fighters' careers blossom. And I think this kid has the it factor. So keep your eye on Jay Terran, guys. The Cage Titans 135-pound champ. Will he be fighting soon? Will he be on that next Cage Titans card? We will keep you updated, so make sure to follow us on Twitter at Evil Under-Echo. That's E-V-I-L underscore E-C-C-O. Also on Instagram at pure Evil mma underscore and Facebook, if you fool around with Facebook. I know I'm not that big of a fan of Facebook. It's like family, but y'all fuck with it, so... Follow Pure Evil MMA on Facebook at Pure Evil MMA S. That's P U R E E V I L lowercase s. And as for me, guys, the next episode I'll be doing is with James McSweeney from Ultimate Fighter Season 10. First pick for Team Rashad alongside Brendan Schaub, Roy Nelson, Matt Mitrione, Justin Wren. Catch that on the Pure Evil MMA iTunes page, and you can find that link down below here. And go check out the pureevilmma.com website. We got six new writers writing for us. We launched this week, and we're already whitelisted on Reddit. Absolutely crazy. This is my dream come true, and it's fighters like this that help move the train forward. With this broadcasting career that we have here. With the brand of Pure Evil May. Also we got merch that just launched. You can find that also on the website. Pull down the pull down uh, tab. And you'll see merch. Click on that. And I'm releasing two new designs tonight. All prices. Everything is on sale. Rock bottom. And it's for you to go and support. Big shout out to our fans. Slash supporters. Slash family. Out in the UK. I just got informed that. Five or six Pure Evil MMA supporters all got tickets together. These guys, all we all talk in a chat room called Pure Evil MMA, and we all unite under that brand, which is my brand. All of them got tickets to go see this upcoming UFC London card. Absolutely crazy. Boggles my mind. It makes me feel amazing that people are uniting. We are about to break 2,000 downloads this month. It means so much, guys. It, it proves that you're enjoying the content. We have more than just podcasts. We're doing vlogs. We're doing reaction videos. Check it out, youtube.com slash pureevilmma. You can find all the links at pureevilmma.com. I'm Yves Letty from Pureevilmma, pureevilmma.com. When note comes to the end. And guys, remember, without evil, <laughs> there's no purity. Behave yourselves.